Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name is Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians to building a cohesive brand to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight inclusive business the good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Happy Friday, Morgan. I know this is coming out on Monday, but happy Friday to you. Happy Friday. Whoop, whoop. I, um, we were just talking and decided to hit record. Cause we were like, we got to save it for the pod. But I was telling you while well, we were getting our water, mine being in a wine glass, of course, because all of my, um, regular water cups, which I have like five of them because I hate having a bunch of stuff are all in the dishwasher right now. So I got to load that up and get it running. So wine glass, it is for the people water in the wine glass in the YouTube. Yep. I have not had enough coffee today, which I was telling you, but it's too late in the day to get coffee now. Um, so I'm just gonna roll with it. How are you feeling? I've had almost too much coffee today. <laughs> I, balance. I know I uh, went out of town for a little bit. I got the itch to get out of the city for a bit. And usually when that happens, I end up going to many different places to get coffee because it's fun. It's like my favorite way to explore. Heck yeah. Tell us about the coffee you got and which one was the best one. Oh, the, probably the last coffee I had, it was a Costa Rican coffee that had hints of cinnamon Ooh. and they hand, well, I don't know if they handmade the cream, but they added a little bit of vanilla to their cream. And so it was like a vanilla cream, homemade vanilla cream with cinnamon coffee. It was so good. That sounds incredible. Was it a hot coffee or iced coffee? Hot coffee. Oh, it was, yeah, it was really good. We, me and I went to Galveston, which is down in Texas. It's like our beach closest to Houston with a friend. And we kept getting whiffs of cinnamon at the little cafe we were at. And we're like, what the heck is that? We had, we ordered chicken and waffles. So we're like, where's the cinnamon coming from? And so we asked them and they gave us a, the explanation of cinnamon coffee. Oh, that sounds so lovely. And I think part of it is my brain is like, you have no caffeine, anything with coffee in it sounds great right now. But also like that, just, you can like taste that description and oh, so good. Yeah. I was considering if I should have an espresso shot or not while we do this, but so I totally relate to your like wanting to get out of the city. And so for the listeners who don't know, I live in Denver, Colorado, and I am actually wrapping up the work week. This is my last thing recording. And then I am, um, I'm grabbing dinner with some friends, which will be nice. Uh, I live right in the city. So we're just going to walk and get tacos or something. And then I'm going to bed at 7 PM because I'm waking up at two 30 in the morning to go to the mountains to do my 11th 14er. So <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. So I am like, I cannot do any more coffee because I will not be able to fall asleep at 7 PM, which I need to do. Yeah. That's going to so, be a rough morning. If you no don't coffee for Hannah. Yeah. I will be drinking plenty of coffee at two 30 in the morning. So Dude, that's it's so like exciting. It's, yeah. It's the time of year where I don't like camping at the trailheads when it's so cold. Cause it's literally in the middle of the night, it'll be in the single digits. And I would much rather get like five hours of quality sleep in my bed than sleep in a tent where I am freezing and get seven hours. Like, no, I won't sleep at all. So 2.30, swinging by to pick up my friend, going to the mountains and abandoning work for at least eight hours. I think it'll take us to do it. That's so cool. You're so cool. Boss lady during the week, mountaineer on the weekends. <laughs> I love it. This is your 11th 14er. Mm-hmm. And for the listeners who don't know, 14ers are mountains that are above 14,000 feet. So 
most of them start at around 10,000 and then you kind of carouse on up them. Each ones are like different classes. So sometimes you have to do some scrambling or some rock climbing. The ones I've done so far are pretty chill, just like basic hikes, um, just really long and very high altitude. So uh, we're going to try either Mount Harvard or Mount Massive tomorrow. So I'm, I'm naming them to like make it a pin in time so I can reference it of like, oh, that was the date I did that mountain. I love that. I want to go hike a mountain. I mentioned this on the last episode too, of how I want to get to Colorado soon. So keep manifesting that we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. What's been up with your week this week? Oh, so this week, hmm, I will, I'm going to speak to like, I mean, there's this week was chaotic for me (laughs) this time of year just is, which we're going to talk a lot about today. Um, so I think to keep it like upbeat and cool, let's name like the most exciting thing from our week that we're like looking forward to, or like that brought us joy. And so for me, that is, I decided due to necessity in many different ways that I will be taking the week off of December 13th through the 17th to taking it off as in from meetings and clients and like interacting with other people work. And I'm going to go to the mountains and get a little cabin and work on business strategy for a whole week. And I am so stoked about it because it's incredibly necessary and I need everyone to leave me alone while I do it. I love that. Nothing feels better. And this is probably both of our Enneagram sevens talking. Nothing feels better than escaping to get work done, like getting out of the usual routine to go crank shit out. It is so necessary. And that's, what's been really hard about work from home for me. And I don't want to say I can't work from home because I'm working on challenging that and embracing that because sometimes you just have to work from home and you can't spend like $50 a week at coffee shops. <laughs> it's just not in the budget. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm trying to embrace that more, but it, it, there's so much truth. My levels of productivity go up when I intentionally remove myself, especially from the city that's super overstimulating to going to the mountains completely isolating. I'm bringing Bennett with me, which is my dog. And he's so stoked and just going to get some stuff done. The same thing for me when I'm taking time off from work to not do business stuff and to like do fun, like climbing trips and, um, vacations and things like I need to physically remove myself. Like me just taking time off in Denver to do nothing would never pan out for me. It wouldn't pan out for me in Houston either. I'm right there with you on that. I've got to like not be unreachable, but kind of be unreachable. Like no one, I need, I need to, I need to be in a place where no one can tempt me with weekend plans. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we will. Uh, I can't wait for the episode we do about the Enneagram because we got to talk about FOMO. We got to talk about like Dude. all the things that we experience as sevens, but that's yeah, a story yeah. for another day, but to keep it tight and wrap up why I'm excited and what I'm doing for my week in the mountains, it'll probably be closer to four days. Let's be real. But, um, I was looking at Airbnb and I'm like, okay, I need an outdoor hot tub and I need a fireplace and I need to be close to a ski resort in case I want to take a half day and go get some, some runs. in. so I'm really excited. That's so exciting. Oh man. That's going to be so good. You'll have to send me pictures from the mountain. I for sure will. I promise I won't bug you with work stuff. (laughs) <laughs> I will probably, well, a lot of it's going to be business strategy and working on the pod. So we will working probably be on the business, not in the business. That's a very important distinction. So yes, we will probably be communicating. You're the only person <laughs> allowed to reach out to me. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Exclusive tell me access. about, yes. Tell me about your exciting thing this week. Today's my one year anniversary of working for myself full time. Oh my God. Tell us more. Well, first of all, I can't believe it's been a whole freaking year. Yeah. So this, this time last year, it was my, it was my first full day of being my own boss and being my own boss full-time. And it was also this day a year ago that I convinced two of my friends to leave Houston at three o'clock in the morning to drive to similar experiences, right? (laughs) 
to wow. drive to to drive to Big Bend, which is 11 hours from Houston. So we left really early because we needed to get there when it was still light outside. But to celebrate working for myself full time, we went on a little girls camping trip. And mind you, it doesn't get below freezing in Houston. And it was below freezing while camping. But it was great. It was great. We Ugh. made it work. It was nice and cozy. I am not a camper. I, I have camped twice. And it was both times were with a friend who was a really experienced camper. And so it was hysterical planning that because I had no clue what I was doing, but I also kind of took charge of what we were packing and eating and we ate cold hot dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Yeah. So if anyone has pointers on (laughs) camping 101. (laughs) Well, I got your back for that for sure. I am a camping queen, even though I don't love it all the time. Like I did a four day backpacking trip where you have to like use water filtration systems to get water from streams and whatnot. And just sleeping on the ground that long, my back is like, no, 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 you're almost 30. Like don't do this anymore. Um, (laughs) so, but I can, I can give you all the camping tips that you want. Yeah. But But congratulations. Thank you. A year. Holy shit. A year. It's crazy. I, uh, it's hard to believe it's, it's, what's the statistic? Like not to be like Debbie Downer, but like what 50% of businesses fail in the first year. Is that the statistic? Whoa. I think I, we'll fact, we'll fact check that. We will fact check that and link our resources in the show notes. But I, yeah, I always heard like something percent of businesses fail in the first five years. And so maybe mm-hmm. they like zoom in on those statistics and then like, and then the first year it yeah. really. Yeah. So there were, there were probably three different two to three week chunks within the last year that I had to remind myself, like, you have to make it to the first year, like scramble, do whatever you can. Aside from that, it was honestly really freaking good. I'm so, so thankful and so lucky to get to work with such amazing humans. And there was definitely a lot of learning and growing as there always is in entrepreneurship. But I would say, especially within that first year, it was, it, it was exhilarating. And I'm just so happy I made it. Uh, I'm so thrilled for you. Can you give the listeners just a quick snippet of what exactly you do? I know we're going to go into each of our stories in other episodes around our businesses, but for the people who don't know, what is your business? Yeah. So I run Morgan Sinclair Designs. It is a design and strategy studio for weight inclusive business owners primarily eating disorder clinicians, where I offer different services like branding, web design, and marketing, as well as some like one-off coaching. If you're wanting to explore a specific area of business that feels new and foreign to you. That was a beautiful summary. Thank you. I've been working on my elevator pitch. Oh, so glad you got to practice it here. And um, just to plug for Morgan, I have worked with her on business coaching stuff and website design and whatnot. And she's amazing. So definitely recommend her services. She did not pay me to say this. (laughs) Not sponsored. (laughs) Not sponsored. Just like off the, what's it called? Um, Off the mic. Just so y'all know. Off mic. Yes. Off mic. Yes. (laughs) I recommend Morgan's work. Thank you. I appreciate that. So yeah, it was fun. It was fun getting to be in, in Galveston and celebrating that one year mark still worked this morning, but, um, it was nice to be in a different space celebrating. I just realized you didn't tell us about your other coffees. You just told us the cinnamon one. Oh, well, there were, to be fair, there were three cups of the cinnamon coffee. (laughs) It was really good. The other one was my go-to coffee, which is a vanilla latte, usually Mm. iced. This morning I got it hot. I don't know why, but I did. Mm. But yeah, it was good. We went to a coffee shop that is probably one of the best coffee shops in Galveston. It was recommended by quite a few people. There's also some universities in Galveston. And so whenever we were planning on leaving this morning, 
I asked my friend what, like what time she wanted to get there. Coffee shop opened at seven. Galveston's about an hour away. And I was like, well, maybe we should leave at six because it's finals week for college students. And I want to make sure we get a table because heaven forbid we drive all the way to Galveston and then not be able to get a table at a coffee shop. And then I was like, nope, Morgan, that's your anxiety speaking. You'll be okay. We ended up leaving at 6.30. So we got there at 7.30 and we were the first ones there. <laughs> Typical. I, but then it got yes. really busy. So I was like, you I okay we aren't talking about being sevens today but sevens have this innate intuition on like anticipating these things happening because I feel like I'm always spinning in that when I'm making plans I'm like okay we have to consider these factors because it's gonna happen and so let's avoid this or like do this because we want that and it's just like one of our gifts I think I feel very validated right now thank you for that Thank you for that. But yeah, so we, we were sitting and and working and, um, we were, I don't even know what I was working on, but my friend was like, had asked me because we were both thinking and, and planning for the next few weeks as we go into 2022, which is crazy. She was like, you know, when do you, when do you start planning for the new year? And I'm like, I don't know, probably like sometime between Christmas and new year's Eve. And then I was like, that's a lie it will be starting today because Hannah and I are recording a podcast on how to plan for the new year. What a beautiful transition into our topic today. Thank you. As we alluded, we are talking about planning for the new year, wrapping up this year. Our podcast will be called new year goal planning, which we both love. We both love. It's kind of an interesting topic to think about because we are really working with and targeting this podcast towards weight inclusive clinicians and business owners that new year's time is so ridden with diet culture and starting fresh and cutting things out and blah, blah, blah. And in the business space, I think it's just so different. Cause it's like, Oh, I get to like do these new things and like, you know, plan for the year. And I don't know, it's nice to have, be excited about something in the new year and not like, Ugh, I have to hear yeah. about diet culture. It's such an interesting parallel though, because I feel like even as business owners, we still view January 1st as a new fresh start, but I think you nailed it with, we are able to view it as a exciting new fresh start of things that we get to do versus the language that we hear around diet culture. Absolutely. Yeah. Because with diet culture, obviously it's very like, I no longer get to enjoy this. I need to buckle down and do this and, oh, I'm going to miss this. Let me have my last supper. And in the business space, we're like, I know for me, for example, I'm like, oh, we're switching EHRs, which is an electronic health record. And I'm like, yes, this is going to be so awesome and so much more user-friendly. And oh, I get to start the budget for 2022. And I have a lot of money to play with, like so fun and things like that. So it is really just a joyous time on the business side of things we get to do, which is a lovely reframe. It's such a good reframe. And it's very exciting. I It's always funny. I have a lot of clients right now. I feel like October through December in the work that I do is a lot of clients because everyone's like, I'm launching my website on January 1st. And I was like, yes, let's do it. Which is, (laughs) it's so fun. It's so fun getting to, getting to experience the joy that comes with business strategy, starting a new business, launching your new brand, all the whole shebang. It is so awesome. And I feel like we do that with the first of the year, because we know people kind of have an expectation of like new things are going to be coming up. Like I want to see what other people are doing. And it's a beautiful time to launch because if you can align it right, I know I've been over the years in positions where I've wanted to start things in January, January 1st, and it just like didn't happen and being kind to yourself around that too. But, um, it is really just nice to have that crisp, like fresh start. Do you find your um, folks that you're working with are having some anxieties about the fresh start or like, oh my gosh, like January 1st is coming and we're launching this thing and almost like some imposter syndrome and, and things like that? Not particularly, honestly. Okay. I feel like a lot of it is just so much excitement. That is awesome. And I imagine you have some influence in that as well, being their hype girl. Hype girl. Yeah. Hype girl. Which is fine. It's my it's honestly one of my favorite parts of my job is getting to getting to be the cheerleader and, and hype hype woman. But yeah, I feel like I feel like most people 
are excited about the launch date. I think there's definitely some stress might be the right word in preparing for a January 1st launch date because you are doing something so foreign, rebranding, building a website, having to write copy, which feels so, it's so different than being a clinician. And that's lining up around the same time of all the things that happen during the holiday season. And so I think time time management wise, it can be a little stressful, but in terms of that actual January 1st launch date, so much excitement. That's awesome. And that, that is so true. I think that's, what's hard about this time of year is there is so much going on, especially if you're trying to launch your business or launch your offering, um, rebrands, hire an employee. That's kind of a lot of what my business coaching clients are, are going through and the vulnerability there, which we talked about in our episode of just trying to get everything together so that your employee can start the first week in January. What are things like on your end when it comes to the end of the year and running a business? Yeah. Do you mean in my business or what I'm seeing with my clients? In your business. What do you, what does that look like for you? Yes. (laughs) Well, as I talked about in my check-in of what I'm excited about, it looks like procrastinating a little bit and needing to take a whole week off from meetings and run away to the mountains to do some planning. So that is one thing that I'm doing to prep my business for the new year. As far as winding down is I'm kind of looking at the month of December in regards to my client work, because so for the listeners who don't know, uh, my practice is Nourished Colorado. We are an eating disorder nutrition center outpatient. So group practice of eating disorder dietitians, there is eight of us. So I'm still doing clin, not clinical work, clinical work as in client work. And I love it. Um, so I'm just kind of getting my clients prepared for the rest of the year. So we're, we've committed to our appointments for the month of December, spacing some people out because the holidays are just weird for everybody. So with clients, it feels like it either they need more support or you're spreading them out because they're going out of town. I'm getting my team together. We're going to do some fun stuff for the holidays. I'm also prepping them for a little bit of a slowdown and getting them excited for the new year, um, helping them plan their client schedules and and things like that. And also honoring time off that they want to have because holidays are important. And this year has been so insane and a second COVID year and people need the space to just reset a bit. So kind of winding down is the point that we're at as far as like the client work in Nourish Colorado. Um, Business coaching, it's the same thing. So I do business coaching for group practice owners who want to hire their first employee, grow their business, all that good stuff, leadership training. And we are kind of working on winding down their business too and getting ready to ramp up for the new year and talking about quarterly goals and all that good stuff. So it's very fun. A lot of general stuff we're going over right now. That feels nice. I feel like January is kind of high level. And then you go through February through November and you're like in the weeds. And then December allows that space to, or you have to build in that space, but you can create that space to take a step back and evaluate what happened. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a big thing that I'm doing as well is just the looking at my calendar from the last year of everything that I've done. And I'm even going to start doing a list of like, wow, how many talks did I give? How many people did I hire and really reflect on the year? So I want to look at things like what went well, I'm going to look at what was hard. And then I also want to look at what needs to shift because in business, there's always a process of test and change. And the thing you start with is not going to be the thing you end with. It can't be. You don't just arrive to something and be like, this is my business in order to stay relevant. There's always going to be a shifting to the changing market. And so I'm excited to look at what needs to shift in all of my businesses next year. Ross from friends literally plays on repeat in my head with him yelling pivot the whole year, (laughs) the whole year. Are you willing to get into it? What went well for you? What was hard for you? Totally. What needs to shift for you? I feel like I need to pull out my calendar a little bit. Um, (laughs) need to make shirts. 
saying, yeah, I need to pull out my calendar. Hannah Turnbull. <laughs> yep. That'll be our merch. Um, we'll get t-shirts made, sell it in our store. So if I think about what went well this year, the first things that come up is my team. Um, I have an incredible team of dietitians. I can't even believe that I get to supervise them and work with them and see them do amazing work with clients. And I think this year we hired four people, which is just amazing and actually really aligns with kind of what I do coaching around is it's pretty reasonable to hire one person per quarter because by the time you get them onboarded, get their insurance contracts in, learn what the hell you're going to do with your first employee, it takes about a quarter. And then you want to work on filling up their caseload and then adding your, starting to add your next person. So I really grew my business coaching this year. I kind of started piddling with it in uh, 2020 because I saw a need and people would reach out for consultation with me. And I have worked with at least 10 people this year on hiring folks and growing their group. So that's really cool. That went really well. I'm hoping to increase that next year as I start to do marketing. Cause that was without marketing as well. It was just kind of word of mouth people finding me and I'm like, cool. Yep. I can help you. Let's get after it. And I'm, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, which is just how my brain works. Uh, I'll probably go between nourish Colorado, business coaching, all of that. Nourish Colorado feels very established now. Like we get a steady stream of referrals. Everybody is pretty on board with our policies, procedures, knowing what their job is and what they need to do. And we get things done pretty efficiently, which just feels really good. Those are incredible things. Snaps, pats on the back. You should be so proud of yourself. Thank you. That's what I love about reflecting because I... I mean, when you're in your business working, it just gets chaotic sometimes. And then there's no room for the reflection. You're just kind of in it. You just got to get in it. And that's what's nice about this time of year is like, wow, what did go well? I love, love getting to reflect on that too. I'm right there with you. Yeah. What do you feel went well in your business this year? Surviving the first year. I'm going to own that. <laughs> I uh, said that. That went, that went really well. I. Uh, would say trusting my gut within those pivots mm. went really well. Mm. I think there's so, I'm a, I'm a huge trust your gut gal. I am very thankful that I have a really strong gut reaction to things and I've always trusted it and it's never led me wrong. And so when you're in a position of entrepreneurship where you can take on so many things, getting to trust that gut feeling of, what am I actually meant to be doing was really good. So I would say within business, which will come with this podcast too, there are so many things to talk about. And I feel like I was pulled in a few different directions of trying new things outside of what my go-to of branding and web design has been for the past few years. And so getting to trust that gut reaction of, yeah, this feels really good and is in alignment with my personal values versus I'm going to say no to that and find someone to send this person to because I would rather do a few things really good than half-ass a lot of things. So I feel like that went really well and just getting into a rhythm of working for yourself, scheduling Making the decision to have Wednesdays be a flex day for me was one of the greatest things that I could have possibly done for myself. Some days I take it off completely and some days it's my catch-up day, depending on how the weeks go. It's amazing. How did you choose Wednesday? I love it. I liked the idea of having a two-day sprint with a possible break, followed by another two-day sprint with a two-day break. Oh my God, you genius. Don't get me wrong. I love three-day weekends. I love the idea of having Friday off too. (laughs) But I feel like I structured my days because now Fridays are my, what I call quote unquote on stage days when I have meetings. And so I'm usually on Zoom with people for a good chunk of Fridays, which energizes me for the weekend. I love that. I want to have a one-day sprint with a (laughs) six-day rest. (laughs) 
that and also that's sounds you know fabulous. That's how you know it's end of year. All right. Got to honor our promise of getting, getting in it. What was hard this year? What was hard? I had a lot of hard conversations actually with different people in different places of businesses. Um, I won't go into the details just because it's not all mine to share, but it was equally hard and I'm proud of the conversations that I was able to have and people had with me. And I think that's one of the big takeaways from this year too, is feedback. So important. And the ability to receive feedback well and give feedback. So important in business and leadership. And I just, there have been times over the last year where I've literally felt physically ill from conflict and figuring things out, but I wouldn't change that because it, it was a growth point for me, for sure. Another hard thing. Let's see. I have the continued devastation of not having the experience of group practice that I wanted with COVID. So I remember last year, this time when we had our team get together for the holidays, my supervisor at my practice, Martha was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Was this everything that you ever wanted? And I actually told her, I was like, almost, but no, like I wanted a big, like launch in person, like have an opening for our suite and have people come in and like have tapas and drinks and like, you know, really be in our space. And we've had our suite for over a year and a half now. And we have clinicians come in here and there, but a lot of people are still virtual. And so when I go into, I go into the suite the most, um, just cause a lot of my clients, uh, really like in person and started with me in person several years ago. So they're like, oh, this is way better. And I think because a lot of our clients started in the pandemic, they're like, I don't even know what it's like to be in person, but making that transition feels hard right now. And also new variants and things. So I go in there the most. And sometimes I go in there and it's empty and I'm like, oh, this is not what I wanted. I want my people here. I want to see a waiting room with clients who are like ready to do the work. And my clinicians are stoked to see them. And it just hasn't been that yet. And it will, it'll come, but that's been really hard continued from 2020. Yeah, that is really hard having to, you almost have to grieve it. I, that's been a lot of what's been difficult for me too, is reviewing kind of where I wanted to be at this time back when I was daydreaming in 2018, 2019 of where I would be. Like by this time I was like, Oh, I'm going to be traveling the world and living in Mexico city for three months and then fly to Scotland for three months. And like, clearly that's not happening. And I had to grieve it. I didn't realize I had to grieve that. And then I I apparently just really suck at grieving things, even something like that. And it was really hard for me to recognize that and have to shift that mindset to be more holding space for that while also recognizing everything that's still gone really well. I love that plan for you. You are definitely going to execute that sometime. Putting it in the universe. Putting it in the universe. I just wanted to mention to that too, Grief is something that is just a bitch, like comes up out of nowhere. You think you already felt your feelings. You see something that reminds you of Scotland and you're like, fuck, I'm going to cry again. And it just can come out of nowhere when you've thought you've already dealt with it. Yeah. Continually hard to deal with. Yeah. So not traveling in the way that you wanted to is hard. What else was hard? inconsistency of income was probably the hardest this year that, and I think that is not just universe or is not just specific to the type of business I'm in. When you make that leap into working for yourself full-time, when you're a service-based business and you have to have clients and have to see clients in order to make money, that was really hard. Made it. We're here. Here. We made it through. We're good. Parallel with that figuring out the rhythm of how many clients felt best for me. Whenever I was working a full-time job, I made a rule to myself that I would only ever take one design design client at a time because I didn't really know the amount of work that I had for my full-time job fluctuated quite a bit. And I never 
it never felt like it was a consistent 40 hours. Some weeks were 25, 30, some weeks were 60. And so I never wanted to, that felt unfair to my design clients. If I couldn't give them the time because something came up in my full-time job that was out of my control. And so whenever I started working for myself, I kept that same rule of only working with one client at a time. And it unfortunately took me for fortunately and unfortunately, I'm very thankful for this realization, but it took me about four months to realize that only working with one client at a time was not going to be financially feasible for myself. And it took me until July to actually make that change. And so a good first half of the year was a little bit of a struggle, which led to some pay periods being really awesome and making more than I would have made in my full-time job. And then there was one two-week period in July that I paid myself $250. And I'm like, oh, that's not going to be very good. Thank <laughs> God I have an emergency savings account for that reason, because it's so, it's so unpredictable of what it's going to be like. And so I finally getting into the rhythm of that, but it's the, the times where I didn't have clients or I was waiting for the next client to start. My anxiety was really bad. I wasn't sleeping through the night. I'd wake up sweating, not knowing what was to come next. Absolutely. That is some first year business bullshit. Like that I feel everybody goes through. It's, it's the scrappiness. It's the rough. It's the, this is what I, I'm figuring it out. And it's not just, I'm handed a platter of ideal clients where I get to do their design work. It's you have to have the clients come to you and build your reputation, which I know you've been doing a beautiful job of over the last, however long while you were working your full-time job, but that leap and adjusting is so tough. So tough. So if I could give anyone advice, have six months of emergency savings. <laughs> Maybe not. Each, each person's their own. I, I had about three months and that seemed to be okay. But having that as a cushion to fall back on, not if, but when things don't go to plan, important lesson to learn. Very important. And for those who don't know, when we talk about emergency funds, it's like, what are your fixed expenses? Like worst case scenario, if you can throw more in there, that's fantastic. But as a starting point, what are your fixed expenses? Like your rent, groceries, et cetera, bare minimum of what you need to live. And that's your emergency fund. I always, well, I get in these rabbit holes when I hear about like how much money you're supposed to save in your business in case shit hits the fan or like your personal finance and stuff. And I always appreciate when people explain things to me because I'm like, what do you mean three to six months of expenses? Is that including my payroll and this and that when payroll is based off of services done? And, you know, so it, I just, I like to get into the weeds of that stuff. I'm like, tell me exactly. I go to like my one on the Enneagram, yeah. you know, sevens go to ones in times of stress, when we're really rigid and weird. <laughs> so Ain't that the truth. It's the truth. Sometimes my one wing, not even one wing, my one in times of stress has saved my ass. So it's helpful sometimes. We're thankful for it. So looking forward, what needs to shift? And if you want to tack on, you know, what kind of things you're thinking about doing in 2021, go for it. Ooh, I love this question. I, I love a broad question. I know a lot of people don't, but I'm like, I could go in so many directions with this things that need to shift for me is I need to continue delegating. That was one of the big things that was really awesome. Actually from this year is just my ability to lean on my team and have other people do things for me that I don't need to be doing. Like admin work, we have an amazing assistant. Billing stuff, my hands are out of. Our biller has it. Um, supervisor stuff, I still see my team and do supervision. And Martha, our clinic supervisor, is incredible and takes over a lot of that stuff for me and helps me with leadership and managing the business and stuff. So it has been something so important for our growth and needs to continue to shift because what I'm learning, and this is part of grad school too, 
for those who don't know, I'm in grad school as well as running my businesses and running off to the mountains um, and getting my master's in organizational leadership. And what I'm learning a big thing from this year is the difference in managing a business and leading a business. And that job is separate, especially when you grow to a certain capacity. And so I really need to be continuing to step into the leadership role, be the visionary, keep everybody going in the direction we're going and do the growth while I have Martha managing our team and helping with in the work. Like the day-to-day logistics. The day-to-day logistics. Exactly. So that is a continual shift that just takes time. It's not overnight. You're like, cool, this needs to happen. Boop. Yeah. So that's a major shift that is on my mind. Mm-hmm. I can relate. I, I feel like I've been very aware of, I know you've mentioned it, working in the business versus working on the business, trying to balance that vision for it while also staying in the weeds a little bit. So I don't have a team as big as, as yours. So I wish I had someone who could manage all of the day-to-day stuff where I could just keep my head in the clouds. Absolutely. And it sounds amazing, but when you actually try to implement it, you realize how much of a little control freak you are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I could totally see that happening. And then you go into your one shit and just realize how much of a micromanager you are. And then you have to kind of be like, stop it. Stop it, Hannah. Like they have it. And that's hard because mm -hmm. it's your baby. Like your business is your baby. Totally is. Like my name is in my business. It is mine. Like (laughs) it is named after me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I could totally see that. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the, when I'm doing business coaching with folks who are hiring employees and growing their group practice, I'm like, delegate sooner than I did. You will save yourself so much headache. It's worth the time investment, the money investment to have other people do this because you need to be in the vision. And that's something I was going to mention earlier too, when you were talking about being pulled in all these directions, that something my business coach told me was the idea of like being direction all and how that feels just as overwhelming as being directionless. And so you just need to find the directions that are actually beneficial for you that you're focusing in on, et cetera, which I, it sounds like that's really what you went through this year. Direction all. Direction all versus directionless. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think directionless has like a negative connotation of like, I don't even know what to do. And it's like, no, you know exactly what to do. You see the need, you see the thing, all the possibilities, but you can't do them all. You have to focus your attention in certain places. And that's a shift in itself. Yeah. Tell us about your shifts. I would say shifts that need to happen on my end are continuing to figure out kind of that ideal client range and figuring out where I'm putting my energy and the return on investment for that. Because thinking to 2021, well, let me, let me take a step back. 2020, I went in and I was like, branding and web design, let's fucking go. And then I started dabbling in a few other things and I'm like, oh, well, this is all really fun. And then at some point in the middle of the year, I had pure overwhelm of what am I doing? There's so many cookie jars that my hand is in. I need to reel it back. And I did. And then we had a call and decided to start a podcast. (laughs) Remember that time. And so I, I would say what needs to shift is continuing to have a pulse on I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the term return on investment again. And what I mean by that is what are the things that I do in my business that simultaneously give me energy while also being financially supportive, which is an interesting spot to be because there's, there's things in my business where my time is directly related to the money that I'm receiving for my time. And then there's things where when I envision my business three years from now, I need to dedicate some time to specific aspects of that, but I might not see that money coming in until three years from now. And it's balancing those while also keeping tabs on, we really have to do an Enneagram 7 podcast after this because I'm about to mention it again, keeping tabs on the fact that new projects bring me the most excitement. I love starting things. 
hate finishing things. You're the same way. I don't know if you'd say you hate finishing things. I would like to get things up and running and pass them off. Yep. So who knows what's going to happen with this podcast? (laughs) Hopefully we keep it going, get some sponsors and then pay somebody to finish it as far as like our editing. So that's what I, I love about this project is I literally could talk shop for hours. And I feel like every time we talk business, it's like such a nice back and forth of like so much idea generation and excitement. And I hope the listeners receive that from us too, of like, we're your hype women, like for your business. And so this gives us energy, even though we haven't monetized it yet. And we will give you guys updates on our podcast and how we built it and all that in the future, in a future episode, but we got to get through it first. Yes. We got to get through it and we got to monetize. So yeah. So I would say those are, those are the things that need to shift the most. I feel like a lot of things have just been shifting the past four months or so. And so just continuing to be open to that and listen to what the universe is giving me of Mm. what I meant to do. I love that shift. I think it's so important. And the only way to find out what the shifts need to be is by doing something and seeing what works and doesn't, and then changing it. And yeah, the excitement of it all. Yes. The excitement of it all. So I think the big question that I have for you how do you plan a new year? In the new year, as you know, planning for a year, you can do planning and try to strategize and have business plan, strategic plan. And a year is a really long time. Like so much can happen in a year. And so this honestly is really the first, this is going to be the first year, 2022, where I'm being intentionally strategic because I feel like this is the point where my businesses are of like, I'm past the scrambling, the testing and changing. There will always be some of that, but I'm really needing to figure out where I want to go with all this. Because when I think about my group practice, I'm like, I could literally hire dietitians forever, right? I could grow to a hundred. I could grow to whatever. But for me, it's important to have a family feel and to keep us small and tight and connected. And so figuring out the plan of like, are we going to hire more people in the new year? What are we going to do? What is our revenue goals? What benefits are we going to offer our team this year? Et cetera, et cetera. For business coaching, that's where I will probably dive in more to like quarterly planning and implementing new exciting things that I won't mention here yet because I'm still figuring them out and finalizing them. But um, there will be more offerings as far as group practice support, which is awesome. And I think that's really what I want to get clear around is making some tangible steps in each of the quarters to figure out what I'm doing, where I'm headed, and then also leaving space for opportunities that are going to come up outside of those things. Like we can't just have our whole year planned out because one, that's not fun. And two, it's unrealistic. Like so much can happen. So that's kind of where I start with my new year planning. I'm not one to be like, here is my like very long plan that's very detailed and outlined and organized because as you know, we're both visionaries and like we're looking at big picture stuff of what we want to accomplish. But I do want to get into the weeds of strategic planning and making specific goals, which I'm so stoked about. And definitely when I have them down, would be willing to share some on the pod too. So maybe we'll do a check-in about that soon. I would say on my end, my brain functions in a similar way to yours. Planning a whole year is so unrealistic. And the things that I started planning, that sounded a little pessimistic. Sorry, guys. It's true though. It's realistic, not pessimistic. There we go. Realistic. I look back to my one-year measurables that I set January 1st of 2021. And I don't think a single thing on there is how it's panned out. Mm. Still general, general themes are still present. For instance, I also run the Weight Inclusive Business Academy, which is an online education platform for weight inclusive businesses that don't have the time 
to, or don't need to sit down and do a, do one big long course. The Weight Inclusive Business Academy provides chunks of information in no more than 30 minute spans, 15 minutes of education paired with 15 minutes of action items. Essentially, you can build your business on your lunch break. So if you're an eating disorder clinician, you're probably working on your lunch break, but you get the picture. And for that, it was not structured that way in the beginning of the year. I was planning on launching a big, comprehensive couple hundred dollar course. And so I'm still, still launched the Weight Inclusive Business Academy, still working on it. It just looks a lot different now. And so what I have found to be incredibly helpful is picking three-ish measurables in the beginning of the year of bigger categories that I want to keep tabs on. Within that, it's usually sections of my business. So one measurable would be branding website clients. One measurable would be the Weight Inclusive Business Academy. This podcast will now be a measurable. And then I actually have a, another business, which I can touch on because we're actually going to be doing our first trip in 2022. So I have a business called the eating expedition, which I feel like I should, should have talked about this of the, what was hard of this year, because I created this business as a way to host food focused trips around the world Mm. for people who celebrate food. And we had to cancel our first trial trip to Italy because it was meant to be October of 2020. So clearly couldn't make that happen, but it's happening this year, September of 2022. If anyone wants to go to Italy, let me know. That can be a whole other building. That can be a whole other podcast episode, regardless of saying I have those measurables. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I will hold up this beautiful template, which we will also provide as a download. But basically it, I have the measurable up at the top for each quarter. So I only do quarter planning. It's way easier to envision what the next three months are going to look like than what the next year is going to look like. And will also allow for those pivots and those shifts in your business. And so what I do is I function from a standard calendar of, you know, January, February, March is Q1, so on and so forth. And I have, so, you know, we're in quarter four right now. I have Q3. So July, August, September listed small up at the top to reflect on things that I accomplished those months of that quarter. I have Q4 in the middle of the page, much bigger for all of the things that I want to accomplish. I dive into like the micro tasks of it. And then I have a space down at the bottom for Q1. So if there's anything that I want to plan for in the future, it gets added to Q1. And so I'll share an example on as a download for anyone who wants to test out structuring their, their life that way and, or their business planning that way. And I do a little bit broader things of like what I want to keep a pulse on for each month. And then at the beginning of each month, we'll dive in and actually plan for those four weeks of pretty intensive work. I love that. I love that you have this strategy. That's like, boom, quarters, boom, four week sprint. Like, yes. And I I like that. It's simple too, of picking three to four things that are going to be your projects for the year and the constant point you're coming back to. And for me, that's my group practice, Nourish Colorado. That's my business coaching offerings, and then this podcast as well. And actually next year, and I've been talking about this for years and the need continues. (laughs) My fourth thing that I'm going to focus on is building some resources for eating disorder dietitians and billing insurance. So love that. That is so needed. Freaking insurance, man. Freaking insurance, man. That's going to be the name of the episode that we record about insurance. (laughs) I'm ready to dive into that. I have a lot to say about insurance. And this is coming from someone who has not worked as a private practice dietitian taking insurance. And I have some choice words. Yep. Yep. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But I would say, yeah, that's how, that's how I, I structure my, how I'm going into 2022 structuring Uh, and and that was kind of trial and error this year. I would say this past year was the first year that I actually set goals prior to that. I flew by the seat of my pants and while fun and exhilarating, 
was not the best strategy for the business. <laughs> I have had many years of flying by the seat of my pants. Again, you have to go through that because you don't know what you don't know. It's like, you have to fly by the seat of your pants to be, this is not sustainable. So what do I need to shift? And that's where you go from flying by the seat of your pants to strategic planning. 100%. The other thing that I'm adding in, this is new. I haven't done this. And I haven't intentionally done this before is I am planning a, what I'm going to call visionary vacay, where I am going to peace out of Houston for a little bit. I don't know if you feel this way. I'm curious if you do. I feel like if I travel within the U.S., I still have work on my brain, but something about traveling internationally makes me feel unreachable, which I'm not. I still have my phone and email, but something about traveling internationally makes me feel unreachable, which puts me in a brain space of getting to think higher picture. So... I can see that feeling that way for me. I haven't traveled international in far too long, mostly because I was grinding in my business for the first few years. Then COVID hit like 2020 was going to be the year where I'm like, I'm getting to the fucking Mediterranean and obviously didn't happen. So I'm like, oh, I don't have any data on that because I haven't been international. I don't think since I started my business, which is making me sad. And I'm going to have to process that after this, but Totally. The only other way that I don't feel that in the States is like, if I'm doing something like going to visit a friend and then they preoccupy me and I'm like, well, shit, I'm not getting any work done. So, but yes, if I'm going somewhere in the U S I totally relate to that. It's not far enough away. And I love that separation, like literally ocean away separation of getting to go into the visionary space. Yeah. It can be dreamy. I will say I'm planning on just going to Mexico city. So not an ocean away, but still international enough for me to feel like I can't be reached. Absolutely. Maybe it's not even about the ocean, but it's about like the change in environment. And I feel like holding a passport. Yes. Yes. Somewhere you have to use a passport. Absolutely. Yes. And it's just a different environment. Like when you go to Mexico, it is far different than anywhere in the U S when yes, the U S places are different, but you know, Denver versus Utah versus Washington versus Oregon. Like those aren't, it's not just that different of an experience. So totally. Okay, so tell us about your Mexico city trip that your, your visionary vacay. Oh gosh. I haven't planned it yet, but it's happening. That's my, that's probably my priority of first week of January is get that planned. I think it'll probably be close to April, thinking April. So I turn 29 end of February. So exciting. For some reason around my birthday is kind of like another reset for me. Mm. That feels more of like a reset than the new year sometimes. And so uh, it's kind of like January and February are like trial months of the new year. And then I have my birthday and then I'm like, all right, shit's getting real. We're doing it now. I love that. I love that you have like the new year. And then you have Morgan's new year. <laughs> and for the past few years, I, well, COVID kind of threw it, but for the past few years, big things happen in March going into April for, for me, my life, personal life business. So I'm just going to trust that energy and plan Mexico city. I will probably go for a week and a half or two. Mm, that feels really two. good. Make it two. Two. I mean, maybe three. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. There's a company called, I think it's pronounced Kasai. It's C-A-S-A-I. And it's kind of like an Airbnb. No, it's not even really an Airbnb. They have apartments all over the city in Mexico City, as well as Tulum, Sao Paulo, Brazil, and a few other places in Central America, Latin America, Mexico, South America. And their apartments are so cute and they have Wi-Fi, and they're in good locations and Casey's customer service is incredible. And I will be booking one of those. I love that. We'll put a link to that website in the show notes for other folks who want to plan their visionary vacay. I love that you're talking about doing it in Q2 because it just kind of, 
And this is what we really wanted to end on is you don't have to have everything figured out for 2022. And you're going to find yourself doing planning and visionary work all throughout the year. And so this is part of challenging perfectionism and rigidity of like, sometimes we're starting new projects in April, or we're doing our visionary work in April, or maybe we'll start something in October, who knows. And it's not always on that cusp of the new year. 100%. Couldn't have said it better myself. I will say that I don't have a birthday like that because my birthday is December 30th. So (laughs) on the cusp of the new year. So the new year is Hannah's new year for everyone. One in the same. Kill two birds with one stone. It's planning for the new year is great. I love it. I think a lot of us can relate to it in that it brings a fresh sense of new beginnings within our business. And I would really encourage anyone and everyone, including myself, to view the start of each month as your own personal business new year. I love that. If you have any questions related to new year planning, want clarification on anything we talked about, want to share what your new year planning looks like, send us an email at innovators at gmail.com. We would love to chat with you about what that looks like for you. If you are curious of what my quarterly planning piece of paper looks like, download looks like, we will add that to the show notes. You're welcome to take that and run with it and make it your own. It has been really helpful for me because it keeps things simplified when there's too many processes and steps to doing things like this. I get overwhelmed. So I keep it really simple. Love that. You want to add? Nope. I was just going to say, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You don't want to miss an episode. And if you're feeling so inclined, leave us a review, share with a friend. We are going to start giving away a 20 minute book business coaching session for folks who leave us a review. Um, it'll be a random winner picked every week starting in the new year. So be sure to let us know what you think of the pod, what you want to hear on the pod, all that good stuff. Have a great week. Have a great week. Bye.